Hope you all still have time for the word of God today. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles to 2 Kings, please, chapter 4. Brother Baker stepped out, but I wanted to thank him for uh, ministering that awesome word on Wednesday night. Amen. I couldn't see the audience, but I trust all of y'all were here. Amen. Uh, good. Good. And I want to also say, Pastor Kim and I did not pay him or put him up to preach any of the stuff he preached. We didn't know what he was going to preach. Amen. Just when I knew we were going to be going out of town, I asked him, hell, a month, probably a month and a half ago about, hey, I'm going to be going out of town, probably got to preach that Sunday, Wednesday night. And then uh, the Lord made a way for Pastor Kim to go with me, so that was definite. And I'm definitely glad that she joined me uh, on that trip. No, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir, for ministering that word to us. Hallelujah. Are you in 2 Kings 4? Verse 1 through 7, let's read that together. Ready, read. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take away my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Verse 5. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. You and your sons live on the rest. Today I want to talk on uh, the subject miracle business. Miracle business. Miracle business. Father, thank you today for the word we're about to receive. I pray, Father, that, Lord, you speak through me to these, your precious people, and that, God, your words will penetrate our hearts and produce in us what you sent them to produce. And that, God, that we would step over into what you have uh, prophetically flung us into. You flung us ahead. Lord, we, when you fling us, God, it's accelerated movement. More than we can do on our own. Thank you for flinging us into prosperity, into wealth, into abundance, Father, into this supernatural time of increase. So let it be to us according to your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. All right, take your seats today. Hallelujah. Miracle business. Miracle business. 2021 uh, marks for us the beginning of what we're calling an era of the miraculous. An era of the miraculous. Where God's supernatural power is going to be on display in a greater dimension throughout the earth. If you watched uh, Friday evening, uh, Apostle Derber released a prophetic word, it was a thus saith the Lord word, a thus saith the Lord, uh, meaning that the Lord spoke this specifically to him to give to us and to the entire body of Christ. It was three words God's told him. They've come into covenant with death and agreement with hell. 
and they are in darkness, utter darkness, and the Bible says God has reserved them for the day of judgment. He's reserved the wicked for the day of judgment. So there are some people who, they are, unfortunately, they are not going to be saved. They're not going to be saved, okay? Now, that's not you, so don't worry about it. Amen? It's just kind of like people, when they, they, they wonder, and, you know, am I, have I committed the unpardonable sin? No, you haven't. If you're sitting up in here, you've not committed the unpardonable sin, which is the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. Have I ever done that? No, you haven't done that. If you, if you had, you wouldn't be sitting up in here today. All right? So there is a judgment coming, and in that judgment, we're going to see the body of Christ rising up in a big time, in a big way. Okay? Now, I want you to turn, or they can get on the screen for us, the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2. We looked at this verse last week, Habakkuk 2, and uh, verse 14. Do y'all remember that? Habakkuk 2, verse 14, where it says, for the earth will be, well, let, me, let me start at verse 12. Start at verse 12, because verse 12 starts out with a woe. Y'all see that? Yeah. Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by iniquity. That's what the wicked have been doing. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people's labor to feed the fire and nations weary themselves in vain? That's what the wicked have been doing. Verse 14, for the earth will be filled with what? The knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So the time is coming. In fact, if you were looking at the same verse in the Amplified Classic, it'll say uh, the, the time is coming when the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And, I, and as I announced you last week, that time is now. God's had enough. I said God's had enough. In fact, if you were to, uh, it was so interesting because when you're around prophets, you hear all kind of revelation coming forth, and we're able to bounce off the fact that we are, we are in uh, now entering now the seventh day of history, the third day uh, of, of time in terms of 7,000 uh, years from Adam to now. 3,000, we're entering into the third year or the third set of 1,000 years from Jesus. And the seventh and the third day have synced up. So we're in a time of movement. And the Bible says the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled, which means God said, okay, that's it. I've given you time to get it together. I'm done. Now, that's exciting for us because I mean Jesus Christ is coming soon. I said he's coming soon. Now, we've been saying it for 100 years and 1,000 years, but he really is now because everything's synced up. The third, the third day and the seventh day is all synced up. He is coming soon. The Bible says, lift up your heads. Look up. Lift, lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. So we're excited because he is coming very, very soon. Ask your neighbor, are you ready for his return? If you're not ready, you better get ready. You better make sure you're ready. How do I get ready? Get born again. Serve him. Hallelujah. But before that happens, the whole earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. It's got to happen because the Bible says it's coming back for a glorious church. A glorious church. A glorious bride. So we have to have that glory before he comes. Are y'all hearing me today? Now, I got to move speedily for sake of time here. And go to John chapter 2, please. John 2, because we showed you last week that miracles 
reveal the glory of the Lord. Miracles reveal the glory of the Lord. I declare this is a year of miracles. We've stepped into an era of the miraculous, supernatural power of God. Remember last week in John 2 verse 11, we saw where the Holy Ghost made this specific declaration. It says, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now that word signs here in the King James is translated as miracles. And that's why we began, we taught last Sunday, this, uh, the beginning of miracles. The beginning of miracles. And the Bible says, the Holy Ghost says this, that this beginning of signs or miracles he did and manifested his glory. Manifested his glory. So miracles manifest or reveal the glory of the Lord. Are y'all hearing this? Now, I want to define that word miracle for you because I need to get us out of this natural human understanding of miracles. We saw this last week, the Greek word simeon, which is a sign, a phenomenon, a wonder. In other words, an unusual occurrence transcending the common course of nature. Remember I told you last week that, that we've dumbed down miracle. When we say somebody, you know, they get miracle ear, you know, or they, they get, a child gets an implant and they, they couldn't hear or they couldn't see before. And now all of a sudden they can hear and see by an implant and they call that a miracle of modern science or a miracle of modern medicine. That's wonderful, but it is not a miracle. Or, or when a football player catches a ball that's bounced off someone's head and foot and everything and they catch in their hands, they say a miracle, miracle catch. That's not a miracle. That's good focus, it's good, it's good attention, it's good, it's good agility. But a miracle is something that transcends nature. It's something men and women cannot do. I don't care how much scientific research you have, it's something men and women cannot do. And we're entering a time where we're going to see things happening in the, in the earth, in the, in the heavens. Thank you, Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible says that in the last days I pour my spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men would uh, see visions. Old men would dream dreams. He goes on to say there will be signs in the heavens and signs in the earth. Miracles in the heavens. Miracles in the earth. Miracles in the heavens. Miracles in the earth. Things that go completely against common course of nature. For example, you remember the story in uh, the book of uh, uh, Joshua, I believe it's chapter 10, where Joshua's standing there and uh, he's running out of daylight. The sun, right? 24 hours in a day. There's a certain course that's been set from the beginning of time. But when he needed more time, he commanded the sun to stand still and the moon to not come down, to not, 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 uh, not show, right? Sun, go, don't go down. Moon, you stand still. And the Bible says that it stood. As it never happened before, it has not happened since, at least at that writing. So there are miracles that you and I are going to see in the heavens and miracles that you and I are going to see in the earth that transcend the common course of nature. Because these miracles reveal his glory. Now, back in John 2, verse 11, the scripture that we've been harping on since last Sunday was that it says this beginning of miracles, this beginning of miracles. And those of you who were here last Sunday or you heard us preach up Wednesday night up there in Frankfurt, I gave you that Greek word arche. This word beginning is arche. Watch what it means here. It means beginning, origin, the person or thing that commences, the first person or thing in a series 
the leader, that by which anything begins to be. That by which anything begins to be. Glory to God. The origin, the active cause, the extremity of a thing. Hallelujah. So this word arche, we could study it out more, it means chief. It means the head. It means the top, the principal, the primary, the main, M-A-I-N, like the main one. You got it? So remember I showed you over in Mark chapter 4, verse 13, I think it was, where the Bible, Jesus had given a parable about the four grounds. And he said to the, to the disciples, you know, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand all the parables? In other words, this one parable was the chief, the main parable that all the others originate from. So you have to understand this parable to get all the other parables. This is the same thing the Holy Ghost says in John 2.11. I know this is a review and y'all are bored, but just stick with me here. That, that this particular miracle, he says, is the chief miracle. It's the origin miracle that all the other miracles come out of. That if you don't understand and grab a hold of this miracle, how will you ever understand or grab a hold of any other miracle? And the miracle in John 2 was purely a financial miracle. Nobody got healed. Nobody got saved. No demons were cast out. Nobody got delivered. There was no family restored. None of that. It was purely a financial miracle and not, not just a need. It was a miracle of luxury and extravagance. Read the story for yourself in John 2. They, they were at a feast, right? Wedding feast, seven days long. They had run out of wine. Glory to God. And wine is a luxury. Ecclesiastes 10, 19 says that, that a feast is for, is for laughter uh, and wine makes merry. But money answers all things. So wine is just for merry. It wasn't butter, it wasn't bread, it wasn't cheese. Wasn't wheat, wasn't anything that they needed. It was wine for them to just enjoy their festivities. And here comes Jesus. He's there. They run out of wine, and he meets that financial need. The need for them to enjoy their lives. And the Holy Ghost says, this is the chief miracle. I'm going to keep preaching anyway. He says, this is the chief miracle. If you don't get this miracle of financial luxury, you can't get the other miracles. You won't understand the other miracles. Thank you, Lord. I remember growing up, and in church, they testify. We used to have testifying service, testimony service. And somebody inevitably would get up and say, I want to give God thanks and praise God for reasonable portion of health and strength. How many of y'all remember you used to hear that? Just want to thank God for a reasonable portion of health and strength. In the old days, they were satisfied with a reasonable portion of health and strength, which meant that if I had sickness, if I had disease, if I had pain, it's all right because as long as I'm still alive, I got just enough health just to be alive. And that's why they seldom, if ever, receive healing because they were satisfied with just enough health to live. Y'all got to catch it. So if you don't understand the miracle of luxury finances, how can you receive more than enough than portion of health and strength? 
Did y'all catch what I just said to you? You'll be satisfied with just enough. Well, our marriage ain't, it ain't great, but we're still together. That's not, that's not what it's supposed to be. The Bible tells husbands, husbands, you listen to husbands. Y'all wake up, wake, wake everybody up. The Bible says live joyfully with the wife of your youth. I'm going to come over here. The Bible says live joyfully with the wife of your youth. So you and your wife are supposed to be having joy. Not well, we're still together. But if you don't understand the miracle of financial luxury, you won't understand how to get a miracle in your marriage. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm trying to gauge to see if I'm in the right house or did, did y'all go Presbyterian on me or something. The right house. That's, that's all that matters is the right house. See, my, my help don't come from the White House. My supply doesn't come from the White House. My supply comes from God's house. They should be satisfied with the abundance of your house. So, are y'all understanding this here? RK, chief. Like, arch, we, we say arch nemesis. Arch rival, what the Bible calls ar archangels. Remember, Gabriel is an archangel. He's a chief angel of the messenger angels. Michael was an arch, is rather an archangel. He's a chief of all the warrior angels. Lucifer, we call him Satan now. He was an archangel. He was a chief worshiper angel. The head. So when you see this word arche, it's the head, the top. Are you seeing this here? The Holy Ghost found it imperative that we know that this miracle is the foremost miracle. Glory to God. Now, let me keep going here because I, I want to show you something. Good God, it's late. Let me try to get into this here. Now, in John 2, there's a verse above that I, that you have to see. In John 2, verse 5, this is when they ran out of wine and his mother went to Jesus. Jesus said, woman, what you're doing is not my time, not, not, not my time for miracles yet. If I, if I do this, everything going to change for me. Right? But his mother responded this way. His mother said to the servants, those guys who were working, those, those are guys who were working the event, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. She knows that Jesus can do something about this. But it's imperative that you obey whatever he says. That obedience is the key to miracles. Obedience is the key to miracles, especially in the area of finances. How many of y'all would need, would need a financial miracle? You could use a financial miracle. 
Well, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Even if you don't put your hand up and say, you, don't, you know, you say you don't need one, first of all, you're lying. Because even, even if you think you're all right, you're, you, can't, you can't help all of Zimbabwe. You, you can't go and get, get Zambia out of debt. Now, there are men on this planet who can get Zambia out of debt by themselves. Elon Musk became, just became the number one guy in the world on record. On record. Trust me, it's just on record because there's people. <laughs> there's people who are way above these guys. But the ones on record that we can count. He can change, he can go and get Zambia out of debt. If you can't do that, you need a financial miracle. See, the reason you say you don't need one is because you know I got, a, I got an extra $20 in the bank and, you know, I, I, just got, I just got my little stimulus check. I'm good right now. I got a little stimulus check and I got, I already filed my taxes. I, already, I got my last paycheck in 2020. I filed my taxes already. Got a rapid refund coming in and everything. I'm telling people business. Everybody get happy right around this time. Everybody get comfortable and cool. That ain't no miracle. Tax refund ain't no miracle. It's a refund. It's your money. And if it's not your money, it's my money. <laughs> they paying you with my money. So that ain't no miracle. That's robbery. Come on, help me out, somebody. That's robbery. You're going to pay somebody else with my money. A miracle is something God does. And God's going to bring financial miracles in our lives so big. It's going to make the devil's head spin right off. Because he promised that the knowledge of the glory, of the riches, of the substance, of the splendor of the, of the, of the Lord will be seen in all the earth. Matter of fact, the Bible says that you go back in Hebrew, uh, back at 2.14, as the waters cover the sea. When it says that word covers sea, it means literally like you see the if you were to take Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is covered with water. Tampa Bay isn't the water, it's the, it's the bay, it's the, it's the geography. The waters fill it. Cover it. And it's so much, it keeps washing on the shore. Okay, so. All right, this is what God's doing. All right, now, remember John 2, 5, John 2, 5, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, anybody who's been around for a long time, uh, in 2015, April 1st, I had to look this up, I preached a message entitled, Radical Obedience Leads to Prosperity. Radical Obedience Leads to Prosperity. Now, what we saw in John 2 was going to take some radical obedience. For men to trust Jesus to tell them to fill water pots up with water and then draw some out and go give it to the priest. And they didn't see him go abracadabra. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't press any grapes. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't do anything. He didn't wave his hand over it. He didn't do anything. He just said, fill it up and draw some out. See, I'm telling you, I'm preaching miracle business. Y'all just give me a few minutes. Good God I'm because somebody about to blow up. I don't know who it is. 
Radical obedience leads to prosperity. Radical obedience leads to prosperity. In Job 36, verse 11, it says, If they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity. Come on. And their years. How does it going to happen? If they obey, radical obedience leads to prosperity. Isaiah 119 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good if you are what? Now, how many of all are willing to be rich? I'm willing now. The only thing remaining is obedience. Glory to God. I didn't tell you you got to go after being rich. I just said be willing. Hallelujah. There's sometimes I do things against, that are against my will. I do. Places my kids, my wife, they want to go to eat. I don't really want to go there. <laughs> oh, are you surprised? You know it's true. She's just being funny. She knows there are places we go. We go, I just, I just whatever. Come on, any husbands? Who, thank you. All right, you just go somewhere just because you just want to make, make her happy. You make the kids happy. But when I'm by myself... Couple weeks ago, couple weeks ago they had something going on. I don't know what 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 y'all going on the youth. Uh, youth had something at the church. So I knew, and my wife's supposed to be going there and find out that they had a fasting night. I said, Oh, I got I got the night by myself. Oh, I ain't got to go to Chipotle. I ain't got to go to none of the places y'all want to go. I'm going. I'm going to give me some sushi. I'm gonna go sit down. I ain't going to public. I'm going to sit down at a sushi restaurant. A sushi restaurant. Not a restaurant that just have sushi on the side. A sushi restaurant where they make it right in front of you. And I sat down at this table by myself and just sat there, man, gave me a whole sushi meal. Because that's what I wanted to do. Hallelujah. So if you are willing and obedient, You'll eat the good of the land. This same verse in the, um, the living Bible, the living Bible, give me that. Glory to God. It says, if you will only let me help you. Oh, Jesus. Y'all got it. If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, I will make you rich. This is a thus said the Lord. This is as if Jesus Christ was standing right here. Now, come on now. If he was standing right here in front of you, would you get excited if he told you that? Yeah. Well, this is his word. This is him. He is the word. So if you read it, it's him telling you this. If you'll let me help you, if you'll only obey, I will make you rich, period. Rather, exclamation point. In other words, he's excited about it. He, he's looking for somebody else to get excited about it. Anybody else excited about that? See, our problem, our problem oftentimes isn't the willingness, it's the obedience. Let me just, let me just survey. How many of y'all are willing? Okay, good. Now, how many of y'all think you can be obedient? See, see, he says, if you just do that, I will make you rich.
not you will become rich, I will make you rich. This implies that there's an action on his part. My action is to be willing and obedient. Somebody say miracle business. Glory to God. Now, many people in church know that God is still in the miracle working business. Y'all ever heard that? God is in the miracle working business. Oh, yes, he is. He's a miracle worker. You know God saves. You know salvation is a miracle. How many saved people do I have here today? You've already experienced the greatest miracle you've ever experienced. To be saved because you didn't do it. You didn't do it yourself. There's, there's, there's nothing you could have done to save yourself. Well, no, I decided. I came to Jesus and I, and I received him for myself. You received. You received. You couldn't give it yourself. Your salvation is a miracle. You were dead. The Bible called you dead in trespasses and sins. Right? You, you don't go by a graveyard, any, any person in the grave, get up. You don't go to a funeral, and the person in the, in, at the funeral in, in, the, in the casket, put like this, this story I heard, the way people put it, if, if all of a sudden the lights went out at the, at the funeral and uh, looked up and somebody stole, somebody's purse was stolen, the last person you're going to look to You're going to check everybody else except the person in the casket because the ca person in the casket is dead. They can't do anything. So you and I, before we got saved, we were dead. We couldn't do anything. The Jesus said the time will come when the dead will hear my voice and live. So it's a miracle that we're saved. So we know in the church God is in the miracle working business. We know somebody that's been healed, he's in the miracle working business. We know people that have been delivered, God is in the miracle working business. We know that there are times people testify that God made a way out of no way. Oh, he's in the miracle working business. But I want to go beyond him being in the miracle working business to show you or to see if you know that God can work a miracle in your business. He's not just in the miracle working business. He can work miracles in your business. Y'all just hang on here. He demonstrated this in the book of Luke. Let me give you here a couple places, a couple examples. Luke chapter 5. Hallelujah. Luke 5. Verse 4, Jesus was using Peter's boat, Simon Peter's boat. You look verses 1 through 3, I'm not going to read it. But I want you to see this verse 4. It says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, if I call him Peter, it's the same guy, Simon Peter. He said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, Peter, he's a fisherman. He's in the fishing business. He's, he's not out fishing for sport. He's, this isn't, isn't some Saturday, some weekend fishing trip, him and the buddies. They're in business. They fished all night, come in, the people are all, all on the shore waiting because there's no refrigerators, there's no fish place where you just got fish stored up. They got to bring in fish every day. And they come in and they depend on catching so, you know, X amount of fish all the time. 
And so he says, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I told you what the Lord showed me on that last week, right? That he wasn't trying to dispute the Lord. He said, nevertheless, at your word. See, Peter was there back in John 2. In John 2, when Jesus turned the water to wine, Peter was there. Remember the Bible said he manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him? Peter was there. So now here Peter is, and he's on that boat. They're out, they're out fishing. They haven't gone full-time ministry yet. So he's out on, on the boat. They fished all night. He and his dad, they got a fishing business. And they've caught nothing. And Jesus says, let down your nets for a drop. Go out into the deep. He says, we've toiled all night. That's what you do in business. You work. And caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. Because it's your word. Because you said so. I'm expecting something to happen. But not what was going to happen. He's expecting something. But he doesn't know what he's about to get. I'm talking today about miracle business. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Huh? And their net was what? Breaking. Breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat. So this, this is quite a company here. They, they got partners. And this, is, this is not some rinky-dinky, small-time op operation here. But it doesn't matter how big the business was. If you catch no fish, you're going to be out of business pretty soon. You got to pay these guys. Glory to God. And they came and they, uh, to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats, filled both the boats, so that they, both the boats, began to sink. Simon Peter saw it and fell down to Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all that were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And he said to them, don't be afraid from now on, you will catch men. And when they, had, they brought their boats to land, they forsook all, Elder Baker. I heard you teaching on that the other night. And they followed him. So what happens? Here's a miracle catch. Now he's in business, but his business is unsuccessful. This endeavor he's made, you understand, when he says, says we've fished all, we've toiled all night, when you go deep sea fishing deep, these guys aren't going out, you know, at 6 o'clock p.m., go out for a little bit and come right back. Deep sea fishing, they go out for days. We're talking about, at this point, what looks like business failure. But what happened? When he got on the shore and the Lord asked him to use his boat, he agrees. I'm telling you this year, if you allow God to use your business, if you will lend your business over to God and let him use your business, he is going to bring a miracle in your business that you've never seen before. This catch that Peter caught, this net-breaking, two-boat-sinking load of fish was three and a half years' worth of fish. Because they caught so much that when they caught it, they forsook all, left the boat, the fishing business for three and a half years and didn't go back. And their families were cared for. 
the business was cared for, which meant he had to bring them enough to last that long. I'm telling you, God in one moment, I don't know who this is for, God in one transaction, God in one contract, God in one agreement can give your business so much money, so much revenue that you can sit back and work with God for the next three and a half years. Oh, this is not for just anybody. I don't just, this is for some faith people, some faith. I've toiled all night long. Nevertheless, at your word, I'm giving you a word right now. Nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let them on that. When you hear a word from the Lord, whatever he says unto you, do it. Peter saw that back in John 2. So that's why he didn't argue with him. Whatever he says to me, I'm going to do it. Somebody's business is going to explode this year. Y'all, you oh, oh, God. You got to turn your business over to the Lord. How I do that? Well, first of all, are, is your business tithing? What does your business do for the kingdom? Does your business do in-kind services for the kingdom? Do you take some of the services that you offer and say, I'm going to now use that for the kingdom? See, if you do that, what you're saying is, Lord, I'm, I'm letting you use my business. And when you let him use your business, he's going to reward you. Because you've just sown a seed into the kingdom with your business. And he's obligated by principle. Obligated by spiritual law to give you a harvest. So this time, when you let down the nets... You're not going to come up empty. How many business people do I have in here? You're already you in business. You got to add your faith to this. You got to add your faith to what I'm saying to you. That this is the year that your business explodes. Y'all ain't say nothing, man. I'm saying this is the year your business explodes. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I didn't see that. Now, I understand how fishing industry works. If there's a good fishing area, Deke, there's more than one company there. That meant in that same fishing area, there were other companies, other fishing boats in the same area. Yet when Peter let down his nets, all the fish came to ah, because he had a word from the Lord. And when he had a word, all the fish came to his nets, which meant all the other competitors, it didn't matter how many there were in the area, they didn't have a word. He had a word. He had the Lord on his boat, and it attracted everything to his nets. What am I trying to tell you? That this year, as God judges the wicked, the wicked businesses will begin to fail because they're going to begin to attract all the business to your net. Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel bad about it. They've had the opportunity to join Jesus too. 
minute. How, how do I know this? How do I know this? Put, put, put verse 1 back on the screen. Put verse 1 back on the screen. It was as a multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Now keep going, verse 2. And saw two boats standing by the lake. How many? Two boats. But he got into one. He could have gotten either one. It says the next verse, the next verse, verse 3, verse 3, put it there. He got in one of the boats which was Simon's and asked him. That means Simon permitted him. Now, we don't, he might ask the other guy too. But Simon permitted him. So the one that permitted him is the one that got the reward. So I ain't going to feel bad for the heathen and the wicked when they had a chance. They wouldn't permit him. All of a sudden, I say, yes, Lord, if you can use anything, use me. You can have your way in my business. And he begins to bless your socks off. Don't feel bad about that. That's been God's plan all along. To rob, to, to bankrupt the wicked and put it all in your hands anyhow. Glory to God. Can I show you another example? Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Glory to God. Glory to God. I got to hurry up. Genesis 26. I'm already on some bar time, looks like. Genesis 26, verse 1. Genesis 26, verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Everybody say famine. This says, and besides the first famine. Besides means worse than. This famine was worse than the famine that his father Abraham had gone through. Now, famine means no reaping. Famine means no reaping. No reaping. The conditions are not conducive for reaping. Bad business conditions. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, said do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you, dwell in this land. Where? In this land. Now, in business, the conversion, they tell people location, location, location. That it matters where you are. But when it's a miracle, it doesn't matter where you are. It matters that you are where God told you to be. It doesn't matter if you off in the cut somewhere, off the beaten path, away from all the customers, away from everybody. It doesn't matter if you might be in, in a small city, a small town. It doesn't matter. If you are where God told you to be, you're going to have his hand on your business. He said, dwell in this land. I'll be with you. Come on. And bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your fathers. Glory to God. Verse 12. Verse 12. Now remember, a famine, no reap. Then Isaac sold in that land. That land. Bad location, bad conditions. Isaac sold in that land. Y'all know the story. And what? Reap. Now that's already a miracle. Because a famine means no reaping. 
but because God told him to, because he's obedient to God, he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Oh, my. And the Lord blessed him. And the Lord blessed him. And the Lord blessed him. This man, verse 13, began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. I like how the message Bible says that he got richer and richer by the day. Verse 14, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. And so the Philistines, that's the, that's the, the wicked ones, envied him. I told you, don't have any mercy. It ain't, it ain't his fault. He's just doing what God told him to do. These same Philistines, back when Abraham had been there, could have gotten over on Abraham's side. Abraham had been there too. And they could have gone, gone ahead and said, you know, we're going to get on the Lord's side. They didn't. So when they had conditions of famine that hit their, their area and nobody's reaping, nobody's receiving, nobody's being blessed, but this man of God who obeys the word of God, he reaps in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him because when you put your business in God's hands, when you obey God's word, he's going to put a blessing on you and your blessing is going to have a miracle happen to it this year. Oh, my. Can I give you another example? Second Kings chapter 8. Second Kings chapter 8. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to get some business owner just to go ahead and, and be rich. I'm trying to get some business owner to go ahead and accept God's prosperity. I just got a small business for now. I said for now. There won't be no more small business in the kingdom. Oh my God. Second Kings 8. Now, if you were to go back and look in chapter 4, I don't have to do it. Chapter 4, this same woman is there. The same woman in, in chapter 4, she's the one who built Elijah uh, a house. Elisha, rather, built him a house. Hey, we're going to take care of the man of God and so forth. She had sown all kind of seed. She ended up getting a miracle child. The child died. God raised the child from the dead and so forth. Remember that? Now, chapter 8 says, Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying... Now watch this prophetic instruction. You got to have somebody pointing you the right direction. He said, arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a what? Famine. A what? Famine. Now what does famine mean again? No reaping. And furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So seven years, there's going to be no reaping in that land. The Lord has called for it. But she got a word, leave here and go lodge wherever you can. Go find some place to live seven years and just wait. So the woman, verse 2, arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. Land of Philistines, seven years. The same people we just saw a minute ago. Verse 3, it came to pass at the end of seven years. Now watch this that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Because the man of God had told her this famine is seven years. So seven years I got to come back. And I got to come back on time because after seven years I lose my property. That's, that's the property laws even to this day. 
right? So I got to make it back. I got to pilfer my land so I don't lose my land. Verse 4, then the king talked with Gehazi. Gehazi is a servant of the man of God saying, tell me please all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life at the exact same time, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. So God has her come at the exact time that Elisha's servant is telling the king the story about her and her son being restored to life by the man of God whom the king has high respect for. The king has high regard for the man of God. So here comes this woman who's already had one miracle. At the exact same time, God, remember I preached that a couple weeks ago, the right place at the right time? God knows how to get you in the right place at the right time. So watch what happens. Verse 6, so when, when he asked, asked the woman, she told him. So watch this. So the king appointed a certain officer for her. He gave her her own trustee. Saying, saying, restore all that was hers. All right, now hold up. Now the land was hers. So give her her land back. That's great because the king could have taken it and kept it. But he goes on to say, and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left until now. So she's been gone, her family, and they have not worked for seven years, have not labored, have not invested in their business for seven years, and the king says, give her all the proceeds of the land from the first day she left until now. Now wait a minute. It was seven years of a famine. A famine meant there was no reaping. But the king must have heard this woman's field in the middle of a famine, somehow her field, when nobody else reaped, when nobody else had a harvest, her land had a harvest. Which is probably why he claimed it for himself. Because he said, this is a miracle field. This miracle land right here. Nobody else getting any watermelon. Nobody else getting any grapefruit. Nobody else getting any, any cucumber. Nobody else getting any turnip greens. And she getting everything on this land. I'm taking this right here. Because the Bible said there were proceeds. My point is that when God puts his hand on your business, even if nobody around you is getting any proceeds, even if nobody around you is getting any revenue, when God puts his hand on your business, you'll be blessed in the middle of it all. Regardless of what anybody else does. There's no down economy in God. There's no bad conditions when it comes to God. Seven years of revenue. Seven years of proceeds that she didn't invest in. Now that's a miracle. All right, let me, let me, let me, let me try to wrap this up. Let me try to wrap this up. 
Now, remember what I told you now. These miracles require obedience. And every one of these miracles I just showed you in Luke 5, let down the net. Miracle. Obedience. Plant right here, Isaac. Don't go anywhere. Right here. Obedience. This Shunammite woman, hey, seven years, go find somewhere else. Obedience. See, when you obey God, he's going to move on your life, on your behalf. Hallelujah. I'm telling you that 2021 is going to be a miraculous year for your business. I said 2021 is going to be a miraculous year for your business. That if you consult with God, if you listen to God, if you obey God, if you obey God in your business, you're going to have productivity and profits like you've never seen before. I wonder who can grab a hold of that. Man, I'm, 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 I'm worried about y'all, man. Y'all look like you ain't I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Am I, am I one of your prophets or not? Just help me. So if I'm telling you, you're going to have a miraculous year, you ought to shout something. Shout, I receive it or something. Doggone it. Not talking about your strategy. Not talking about how well you can market. I'm talking about a miracle. We've entered the era of the miraculous. That means it's going to go beyond your social media marketing and your little business plan and all your little ideas and all your good experience and all your connections. You don't need no connections. You got one connection. You don't need another seminar. I'm doing your seminar right now. See, the more you seminar yourself out, the more you become natural. Oh, Jesus, help me out. The more you become natural, you stay natural. You do what the natural men tell. This is what you got to do. Do this. Do that. Go over here. Do this. You gotta, no, you become natural. And God is trying to find somebody who's going to shake themselves out of this natural way, this natural way of doing things, this natural course, and let me transcend the natural course of things. That I can make you a millionaire overnight with one transaction. Man, shout us something, something One deal. One contract. One meeting. One phone call. Whatever he says to you, do it. Not how many business cards I got to get. I got to get out. 30 business cards a day. That, I, I've been taught that. I, I, I learned all that kind of stuff in business. Got to make so many contacts every day, and I know I'm going to get 10% return on my contacts if I do. I, I, know, I know all that. That ain't miraculous. That ain't miraculous. Keep doing it if you want to. That's fine. I ain't telling you don't stop, but I'm telling you that ain't going to get you what I'm talking about. We've entered an era of the supernatural where God has to do things in a way that's going to flip the world upside down. 
that when people ask you, how did you become so successful, you can't tell them. Because they're going to look for you to write a book and teach a class and show them how to do this. So they can, okay, we want to model. Can you mentor me? I can't mentor you in miracles. Oh, Jesus. Some of y'all so natural, you're going to be stuck. I'm giving you a revelation right now from God. I'm giving you what he's told me to give you. I'm trying, I'm trying to get you to get this right now. Isaiah 48, 17, God says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. I teach you to profit. All right, now, yeah, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down. Let, me, let, me, let me go one more place. Let me go one more place. Do y'all have time for this? Uh, only if y'all have time because I, I, I could go eat something. Okay, so I showed you three businesses that experience miracles. But do you realize that God can also give you a miracle business? Because some of you in here say, well, I'm not in business. Miracle business. Now, I told y'all about this last week, right? Last Sunday, I told y'all I'm, I'm going to preach miracle business. This, this came to me about, about two, three weeks ago, what God was begin, be, beginning to show me for this year. And this week, it was Friday night, I had a dream. And in this dream, Laquanda, I was, I'd gone to this, what looked like a yogurt shop, you know, frozen yogurt place. And it was, it was a mess. I mean, it was like, what in the world? People, you know, the customer service was bad. It was just like chaotic. I remember walking in there and I'm standing there and I'm trying to order my, my, my frozen yogurt or wherever, wherever. I think it looked like frozen yogurt to me. And I order this and the, the owner comes out. He's frustrated. He starts yelling at everybody. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? And finally he looks at me and says, here, you take this business. that mean you just take it how much just take it so I took the business so the next scene of, of the of the uh, the dream it was I'm dreaming what, what it used to be it used to be Webb's Plaza all along Central it's like Webb's Plaza all over again in my in my in my dream how many of y'all remember Webb's Plaza and now I'm running this yogurt shop and it's wildly successful I mean wildly successful and I know I know it's so successful and this don't this don't 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 try to make me explain this part I don't even ask God about this but in the dream Jonathan uh, Blake Griffin was was endorsing you know how, how you sponsor athletes Blake Griffin was a spokesman for my Yogurt shop. Now, how many of y'all know Blake Griffin? Basketball player, dunk phenom. 
I mean, the whole city was at my yoga shop. He gave it to me. But he didn't, because he was struggling, he didn't have the blessing on him. But when he gave it to me, and I got the blessing on me, it made me rich. It has no sorrow. There was no toil. There was no struggle. There was no chaos, no confusion. He, he, take it. Are y'all catching what I'm saying to you? Somebody this year, God's going to give you a miracle business. You don't have one already with no experience, no plan, no workup, no documents, no nothing. Just here, take it. What am I going to do with it? Lord, what am I going to do with this? He said, just obey me. Whatever I say to you, just do it. And you're going to look up and you're going to be wildly successful in something you've never done before. Now, I don't know who that's for. It might be for one of y'all, two of y'all, six of y'all. I don't know. But somebody better grab a hold of what I'm saying to you. You're about to have a transfer, a transfer of real estate, a transfer of wealth, a transfer of enterprise into your hands. I look up in this business. I mean, it's people everywhere trying to get in. I, I didn't even tell you about this. I'm sitting there like, like whoa, whoa, what was that? And I knew it was something when I had an NBA superstar as our spokesperson. Second Kings 4, let me read that. I'm going to just read through it real quick. Second Kings 4. Because I think y'all see it before I didn't even read it, right? No, I'm going to say that for Wednesday. I'm going to say Because, see, I don't have time. It's, it's 1.30. I, I don't have time. Because, no, no, no. You, you see the story, but see... But see, I, I gotta, I gotta, there's details. There's details I gotta go into. Okay, just a little bit. Okay, I, I, what I do, I'll list the details, but I won't, I won't go into them in depth. Okay, 2 Kings 4, 2 Kings 4. Certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditors coming to take away my two sons to be his slaves. Y'all see the scenario here? She in a, she's in a mess. She's lost her husband. She's lost everything they have and about to lose her two sons. She needs a financial miracle. Now, rather than God just give her the money. She went to the man of God, which means she's probably thinking, can I get some of that money at the treasury? She's thinking naturally. My, my husband, he tithed and we gave. I need, I need a little, you know, y'all little uh, benevolence fund. Y'all got a little benevolence fund. Can y'all help a sister out? I don't want to lose my, my sons. I don't have nothing. So, 
But God always thinks beyond the present. If, they, if he had simply helped her right then, it would have met her present need only. God thinks about the future. God's thinking about your future. A stimulus check is just for present need. But it's not going to provide for your future. God thinks about your future. So when the woman says, hey, I'm in a mess, Elisha gets a prophetic word. God's going to lead him. And he, he, God's about to make an entrepreneur out of this woman. Out of a widow. See, when you got, you've lost your husband, you lost everything, you're about to lose your sons, you got some options. She knows I can file for bankruptcy. That ain't going to help. I can turn to crime. Me and my son's going to become Ma, Ma Barkley and we're going to go set it off. It's just going to make it worse. She could turn to a woman's profession. Y'all got that? That's going to create some issues. But she said, I don't have anything. So he asked her, he said, tell me what do you want me to do? What, what should I do for you? What do you have in your house? She said, I'm, I'm going to read it through, then I'm going to ask these questions to you. What do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil. Y'all see the business here. Y'all see the business here. She wasn't in business before. She's in business now. And pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. So here she is. Never been in business before. She has no experience, no formal training, no plan. She got to just obey. So here's the questions I'm, I deal with this Wednesday night. What resources do you have? That's the question. Next thing I deal with on Wednesday night is gather whatever you need. Expect much. Then another question will come. Who's on your team? And the last one I'll deal with will be get to work. See, people look at business like it's so aloof, like it's whew, something I could never do. You can do it. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. Many of us used to do it. 
you went to school, and maybe you weren't born into a wealthy family, and you knew how to get your, you had your little backpack. You went to the store, bought you some non-laters, Jolly Ranchers. Pack of toothpicks, cinnamon, how many of y'all remember what I'm talking about now? Chico sticks, Boston baked beans, some lemon heads, you, you, you knew how to get that stuff. Fireballs. See, you, you, be, you were an entrepreneur. But all of a sudden, you, you grew up, got a job, and all of a sudden, starting a business seemed like something that was so far-fetched. Like, I don't know how to do that. You did it. You knew how to take some Kool-Aid, fill up a cup, put it in the freezer, and say flips for sale. What's talking about? You did it. You, you knew somebody who did it. You, it, was, it was just so simple. We always had in our neighborhoods the candy lady, the flip lady. Who go and buy a big old box of assorted chips. Cheetos, Fritos, potato chips, pickles. Nothing miraculous about that. See, so first of all, it's not beyond you. But I'm talking about God this year. If you open your heart to him, can take the one you currently have and give you a miracle in it, or can give you one you never thought about. Drop it on in your lap like it did in my dream. Take it. Take it. I can do nothing with this business. Just take it. Somebody in this year, watch. No, in the next three months, you're going to be given a business. You're going to be given one. I said you're going to be given one that somebody says, I can't do nothing with it. You take it, you try it. How am I going to pay for it? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not giving you that detail. I'm just telling you, you're just going to receive it. They might say, pay me out of your proceeds. <laughs> yeah, that's her brother Tony. Yeah. Yeah. How he sold his business. Yeah. That's what happened to uh, uh, Dr. Fisher. Some of y'all know Dr. Fisher. Ron Fisher's been here. They're multimillionaires now. Somebody just said, take this business. Pay me out of the proceeds. <laughs> but see, when the blessing's on you, what they toiled at, what they struggled at, comes easy for you. Y'all receive it? That's all the time I had. Y'all get on, get on your feet, give God some praise for it. Come on, give God some praise for it today. Miracle business. God is in the miracle working business. God is still in the miracle business. God is still in the miracle business. Hallelujah.
God will have you in the right place at the right time. Something's going to be handed to you. And some ideas are going to come to you. Some connections are going to be made. Not natural. Not natural. I can't stress that enough. We're talking about an era of the miraculous. Well, God has to do things in such a way that the world, <laughs> the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, by faith, the children of Israel went through the Red Sea, whereas when the Egyptians tried, they drowned. Did you catch that? So that meant that God opened the Red Sea by miracle. So when the wicked tried it, it didn't work. See, what God wants to do in your business has to be something that it's not some standard formula. There's all kinds of books about business success. There's all kinds of people who they've done it, and that's wonderful. I'm not, I'm not downing that. I'm not, I'm not downing that. But I'm talking about in a supernatural era, God wants to do things in such a way that the world can't duplicate it. That if they try to duplicate it, it'll, it'll work against them. Like, like when the Philistines grabbed a hold of that Ark of the Covenant, tried to get a blessing off the Ark of the Covenant, and they got hemorrhoids. Read your Bible. They got hemorrhoids. Because <laughs> it only worked for the people of God. May the world not be able to sit on their behind anymore because they got hemorrhoids trying to do what God only has for us to do. That's the era we've stepped into. Supernatural. How many of our youth you grabbed a hold of that? Just three of y'all, okay. Because listen, youth, you don't have to wait till you're 45 and 55 to do this. All that brain power, instead of, instead of watching other people all day long, waste your time. <laughs> twisting your hair, watching somebody else. Right now where you are in your age, With, with, with your limited, if no, responsibility. Nothing to stop you. you. You have the freedom and the liberty, generally, at your age, to just go for it. I mean, just throw all caution to the wind, just obey God. I'm telling you what God has for you, what he wants to do. Seventeen, eighteen, fourteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old multimillionaires. Can God do it? 
Lord, today, thank you for the word. I thank you in this place for those who've released their faith to receive what you've given to us today. I pray, Father, that you do supernatural things only you can do. That somebody, Lord, whose business has been stagnant, even on the, on the verge of failure, God, you're the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. So I speak to every dead business that God, you know how to help people pivot and shift into a new dimension, into a new place, a new way of operating, God. That God, you know how to take even that which seems to be feeble and give it life and give it strength. Take that which seems to be weak and make it powerful. God, I pray even now in Jesus' name that you, Lord, help our ears to be fully tuned to you, to your voice, to hear you, that when prophetic instructions come from your heart to ours, that, Lord, we'll obey. And I pray in this house that, God, this year of supernatural, this era of the miraculous, that we will see millionaires, multimillionaires, billionaires rising up in the body of Christ, multi-billionaires rising up in the body of Christ, that even right out of this house, that those who will grab hold of this era, hallelujah, oh my, that we've stepped into your grace. Not just time when we use our faith, but God, this is an era, an era of your grace. This era of your grace. This era of your grace. Beyond our faith, this era of your grace. Well, for those who just receive, for those who just be willing, for those who just obey, you will do something far beyond what we were able to do by our own faith. For now it is your time. Now it is your time. Now it is your time. You will accelerate. You will fling us into another dimension in the area of finances. Fling us into another place in the area of finances. That as the systems of this world fail, as the barons of this world fall down, as the wicked begin to lose their position, that you raise up those in the body of Christ, that what they've labored for, what they've toiled for, we inherit. In the name of Jesus, that what others have struggled with, they begin to give over. Give over. Just take it. Take it. Take it. Take this business. Take this real estate. Take this company. Take this land. Take this space. Take this product. Take this invention. Take this idea. God, as we receive, we won't be intimidated. We won't be intimidated, oh God. And we won't think more lowly of ourselves than we ought to think. The Lord will know that we're your blood-bought children of God. We have access to your wisdom and your knowledge, your instruction, and we'll do whatever you tell us to do and experience all the fruit thereof. We thank you, we praise you, and we give you the glory this hour. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give God a praise today. Hallelujah.
Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. 